Previously on Muppet Hub Podcast. I have yet to figure out how it is that we've ended up talking about the Dark Crystal in every episode of this podcast. But well, it feels we will like continue we because I thoroughly enjoy crapping on the Dark Crystal. Yeah, I do too. That movie is a snore fest. JD is a deeply conflicted individual. Oh, is he? This show only works because he has such a low self-esteem and that he's always trying and trying harder. If he's too happy, all of this goes away. In order to make him feel good, you've got to make him feel bad. You can't, you can't build him up too much. I've had enough. You've done a lot of stuff to me on this podcast. You've never lied to me, and now you've lied to me, and that's not good enough. I, I think I think it's maybe time I step back a little, let you two sort of take the helm and maybe reevaluate how I feel about this podcast and you and podcasts in general and Clayton and the fact that he always draws me with buck teeth, but that's fine. We've already had that argument. It's just... It's... I, I think I'm done. All right. See you never. Sorry, did you say something? I was, uh, I was tweeting. Get out! And now, on with the show! Hello? Hi, JD. How's your wonderful... <clears throat> uh, how are you doing, you rude person? I am actually doing pretty well today. You know what? I am in a good mood. I just got uh, another podcast out recently. I, I finally released the audio uh, from the talk I did a year ago with Brian J. Jones and Brian Reel. And listening back to that again, that was wonderful. I mean, we got to talk about uh, every Henson project from uh, Sam and Friends to uh, Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal, all of it. We covered the whole shebang. So I'm pretty happy about that. Anything new with you? Well, uh, I'm about to wrap up my first semester of uh, college here at Western. Uh, oh, really? What's that like? It's been good. It's been good to because I. That's finally... nice. Did you see that they actually just added the Dark Crystal to Netflix? Oh, that that uh um boring bad movie, right? Yes, the the, the bad one. That's great. I mean, who's going to watch it? Who in the world is <laughs> going to take bad. the time it's, it's, you know, to uh, watch The Dark Crystal now that it's on Netflix, right? I mean, right. like, it's... Uh, no, nobody should ever, ever watch that movie. Right, that's why I'm... I, yeah, you're right, you're right. Sorry, what was that? I think you may have broken up a little bit there. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I swallowed my tongue for a second. It's just a little loose today. Sorry. Oh, okay. Hey, all right. Question for you, question for you. Um, you know, while, while we're doing this uh, Muppetational May thing and we're all thinking about, like, our, our favorite Muppet moments and stuff, what what is your least favorite scene in The Dark Crystal? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, probably the one where... Uh, so, so one of the Skeksis, they, mm-hmm. they look directly into the camera and say... This is boring, you isn't it? Good. And they go back to the film. I somewhat enjoyed that scene. You know, it's it's been a while since I've seen The Dark Crystal, but I d- I'm not sure I actually remember that being in there. I mean, I, 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 I might have gotten uh, the the director's cut. You know, the one with the Cookie Monster commentary. It really adds a lot to the uh, the, the 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 movie. Uh, you know, it's funny. I uh, as as the head of a prominent Muppet fan site. I have You're two the head different of pigs now. No, of the of, of Muppet Hub. Oh, that one. Okay. 
I have two different DVD editions of of that movie. One actually is a super special edition that comes with like a film cell and all that. And on top of that, I've also got the new fancy schmancy Blu-ray edition. I'm pretty sure I've got just about every release of the Dark Crystal there is, but I haven't seen any of that stuff that you're talking. I mean, if I didn't know any better, I I'd, I'd almost think that you were just making this up. Cute theme song. No, 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 no. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Clayton, have you not seen The Dark Crystal? Uh, oh, fine. No, no, I haven't. <gasps> Clayton, everyone should see The Dark Crystal! But but you said it was bad, and I trust you blindly like a good person of faith should. Yeah, well, Clayton, it's, it's, yes, it's bad, but it's also really good. Like, it's impressive. It's... It's Jim Henson's masterpiece. It's just... It's an unwatchable masterpiece. That's all. It's an unbearable, horrible, beautifully crafted... It's... Look, watching this movie hurts, Clayton. I can understand why you've been putting it off or why you've been afraid to touch it, but... But as hard as it is to get through it, you come out a stronger man on the other side. This movie toughens you up. It gets you ready for anything. If you can make it all the way through The Dark Crystal, you can make it all the way through really any movie, even that, like, Titanic movie that goes on for ten hours. Are you sure about that last one? No, no one's really going to be able to make it all the way to the end of that one. But but, uh, maybe you could make it to the end of Avatar? Hmm. That would take some strength. The point is, Clayton... You really just can't be a proper Muppet fan and be a co-host of a prominent Muppet fan podcast without having seen The Dark Crystal. But but but, but, but I love being on this podcast. I get to be closer to ye- uh, young Muppet fans and learn what they're talking about these days. Yes, yes, I know. What we're doing is a very, very special thing, and I'm happy to have you a part of this, especially while Jared isn't responding to any of my messages, mostly because neither of us can afford to have the dingo carry the messages back and forth. Very annoying system. But the the point is, if you want to stay here and you want to keep being a part of this production, and I really do want you to stay here and be a part of this production because I do not want to host shows by myself again, I'm afraid your time has come. The time for your rite of passage has come. Today is the day you become a man. Clayton Wilkins and Wonkins Rotor. It is time for you to watch The Dark Crystal. Cue theme song. Welcome to Muppet Fans Talking. Join us as Jim Henson fans from around the globe come together with commentary on the news and productions of the Jim Henson Company, Sesame Workshop, Muppets Studio, and beyond. Now, here's your host, or at least he's one of them, J.G. Hansel. Okay, here we go. The movie is started. How you feeling, Clayton? Am I watching Star Wars? Oh, never uh, mind. Universal. Uh, no. Huh. I thought it would have been that Jim Henson pictures with the Steve Whitmire Kermit, even though this was like ten years before that or something. Uh, no. 
No, this one's always been distributed by Universal. Um, as you saw, they they showed you a picture of the planet Earth. Jim Henson uh, film. I like that. Okay. Another world. Um, and and that picture oh, is disturbed. Oh. Okay, while he's focused on that, um, hi everybody, I'm J.D. Hansel, this is uh, Muppet Fans Talking, episode number 18, I am joined by my good friend Clayton Roeder, who has to sit in the corner and watch The Dark Crystal, because he never did it before, which I just think is really naughty, but we're going to go on with the new... Hi, it's, it's me, C.W. Roeder, I have a really unfortunate existence. Okay, go ahead, Hey, watch your movie. This, this part's important. You have to get all the, the information about, you know, the, the planet and the the dying things. It's all about the stuff that's... Not, you need to know this. this is, is this the, Bobby the Moynihan lore. narrating? Um, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so we're going to go ahead and try to go through uh, Muppet News somehow while Clayton is watching the movie. This is a terrible idea for a podcast episode, but on the other hand, it's a wonderful idea for a podcast episode. So thank you very much for joining me for this little experiment. You're welcome. No, not you, Clayton. That was You have to be here. Okay, oh. this is your job now. That was, that was for the listeners. I get um, paid now? I'll take that as a no. Okay, back to the movie. No. Okay. All right, let's see. Where should we start in the news? It looks like Sesame Street's a good place to start because they're just doing so much this year. I mean, they're, they're really going all out for the uh, uh, Sesame Street anniversary. Man, this movie's designed beautifully. Sorry, I'm just distracted. I'm, I'm taking a look at the design I like of the purple. thing now. Col- purple yeah. is a good color, and I like purple's, it. Purple's a good color. you got to appreciate that part. Uh, is this where they... Oh, yeah, this is where it's, they're just slowly panning up to the reveal of the logo. It's actually a really nice shot. Um, man, you folks at home are going to be so bored with this. That's one. the name of the movie! <laughs> yes, yes, it is the name of the movie. But interestingly, not necessarily the name of anything in the movie. Like, they, they hardly ever talk about a dark crystal, or at the very least, the crystal that we see in it isn't really very dark. Like Spoilers, J.D., goodness sorry it's it's got this glowing light in it like and then ah. wait for this now now it's even less dark it's so, actually rather vibrant yes it is so misleading i don't really merchant, understand misleading uh, commercial i messed that up oh well oh well sorry we're doing this show kind of live so now that's got to stay there but you know speaking of things that are, mi- are misleading i think one of the worst experiences you could possibly have is if you think you've made it all the way to sesame street and you find out that you're actually on 63rd Street. Well, if that's an experience that you've always wanted to have, I have good news for you. Um, Sesame Street is now a real street in New York City. This is a thing in Manhattan. You can go to New York City, visit an actual Sesame Street. They just had the dedication... Oh, what is the date? Uh, well, May it was 1st, at some point in the past week or so. What's that? May 1st, 2019. Oh, yeah, it was the 1st of May, right. Uh, so, good for them. Uh, obviously, everybody was there. They they actually had uh, not just a lot of puppet characters. It was a huge puppet cast there uh, to celebrate this. But also, uh, some of the original human cast members were there to celebrate this. It was Bob. It was Gordon. It was all of our friends who we've missed so much finally getting to uh, be represented again as part of Sesame Street's 50-year history. 
I know, right? They've got a whole lot of They're moons and suns and things. Selfish. <laughs> I, well, some of them are suns. That's the thing, is that the, their planet has a lot of suns, which no, means that... No, 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 it, no, no, no. Suns are a dark. Moons are a light. I don't understand. Um, I said that backwards, actually. I just realized. Yeah, okay. That would be why I didn't understand it. And this is why you can't watch a movie and host a podcast at the same time. But I've done it before. I did it when we reviewed the Muppet movie, so now you're doing it. Where's that other hand coming from, buddy? Isn't that a great question? Like, I don't even know how that's puppeteered. I've It'd be seen nice back- if there was an answer, like, but we can't expect everything. We gotta, we gotta be nice. Like, I've seen a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff on this, and I'm still not entirely sure how there are multiple arms coming out of these guys. I don't get it. Um, Everybody burps. Yeah, I see. I'd like to think that the, this harmonizing is about to segue into the song "Get Along" from Sesame Street. Like they're all just going to yup, 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 yup. But that never happens. It's very dis. Oh wait. Okay. So here's the reveal of our. Um, I would say protagonist if he did stuff, but he's our main character. Let's naked. Go with that. This is a kids' movie. No, I'm kidding. It's he, not. He is naked in it. Yes. Well, because puppet characters are usually naked. I mean, it's just a rule. If you're a puppet. You're supposed to be naked. Um, at but, least at some you know, spe- point. Speaking of puppets, uh, if you're interested in seeing Cookie Monster talking with Sesame Workshop CEO Jeff Dunn about the, uh, you know, the unveiling of the new Sesame Street sign in New York, ToughPigs.com has a great video in which they interviewed them about that. You should totally check that out and also see the video coverage they have of the whole ceremony. Uh, it was a lovely thing. Very happy about it, but. Believe it or not, there's actually arguably a cooler Sesame Street video on the internet right now that just happened that I was not expecting. Um, (laughs) Intriguingly, a bunch of the Sesame Street puppeteers went live online with a puppeteer workshop that goes on for like two hours. Like, this is a full, comprehensive puppeteering workshop from Sesame Street itself. What's that? A lot of deja vu for me. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about... Th- <laughs> okay, uh, from toughpigs.com. Earlier today, Sesame Street's official Facebook page brought us the best use of the Facebook Live feature since Below the Frame. It was an hour-long puppetry workshop led by Sesame Street Muppet performers Matt Vogel, Marty Robinson, and Jennifer Barnhart. Uh, like most things Sesame, it was entertaining and informative. Uh, the trio went over how to hold a puppet, lip-sync, choreography, and more, and there were some cool behind-the-scenes clips uh, from the show interspersed throughout, plus a brief but fun exchange between the Count and Telly. So that one is also out there on the interwebs on Facebook, uh, and sh- you don't normally get to see uh, puppeteers explaining how to do puppetry at, at this level. It's not normally this in-depth. Like, for something this in-depth, you normally actually have to go to a puppetry workshop, something like uh, Beyond the Sock. Uh, But here you can actually get a little bit taste of that experience with some of, you know, with some actual footage uh, from Sesame Street involved, which I think is really nice. Uh, What do you think, Clayton? Oh, uh, sorry, I was... These puppets are not as stiff as I remember being told. I remember, like, hearing... I remember hearing that, like, Jen in particular was a lot stiffer than he actually is like he's still it's not like watching kermit but it's there's more fluidity than i thought there would be anyway i'm sorry what were you talking about no it's you gotta wait until the scenes where he's really supposed to emote and he just doesn't that's when it gets frustrating and clearly the voice actor had no idea what to do with the character because 
There's just I I don't know. He just Oh, there's the hand touch that is there for no reason. Anyway, um <laughs> is there a um is there something I'm supposed to know about him or is it just one of those things where like the movie says you need to care about this so you either care about it or you're a bad viewer? Exactly like that. Okay. There's nothing particularly special about any of these characters. The only reason why we care about Jen is the prophecy says he's important. He's the one. Yeah. It's like... it's it, The Dark Crystal is Harry Potter, but worse. That's what I'm trying to say. Speaking um, of things I haven't seen... Wait, have you never seen a Harry Potter movie? Not only that, I had the option to join some friends for a marathon of all of them and declined it out of disinterest. You know, that's a shame. They're, they're actually kind of fun. Um, they're... They're, they're fun movies. I have a good time with the Harry Potter series, or at least some of them. Some of them I don't care for, uh, but I think some of the Harry Potter... Like, we actually considered doing a show, Steve and I, about Harry Potter specifically as part of our Let's Talk Whatever series, uh, which I, I think would have been fun. So that's still something on the back of my mind. I might come yeah. back to that. Uh, it's just that, you know, it's a pretty standard, predictable kind of thing. You have to be ready for a movie that's just going to be about what you'd expect. Um, and speaking of things that are about what you'd expect, Sesame Street won some more Emmys this year. Uh, several Muppet-related... Pro- from ToughPigs.com again. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting them again. Got to cite my source. Uh, several Muppet-related programs were honored with Daytime Emmy Award nominations this year, uh, and we're pleased to see that a few of them actually won. Um, <laughs> as, as Tough Figs says here, pleased isn't the right word. Justified is more like it. Yes, uh, I think they've got that... You know, they've hit that nail on the head. It really is just this is what we <laughs> expect from Sesame Street right now. We expect them to take home Best Preschool Children's Series. That's just Sesame Street's award. It's like it's like how in the, in the 30s there was that stretch where uh, the award for animated uh, short was just the Walt Disney I was award. expecting. Oh, yeah, this character. Oh, this is really your first time getting to see the uh, guy. Yeah, like, I remember watching another... There's a YouTuber I follow who talked... He's not, like, a Muppet person, but he, like, talked about watching this movie, and he made a joke about how take a shot every time that character goes, "Mm." (laughs) Mmm! It's true. You can. Um, And you'll be plastered like Frank Oz's hands at the Museum of the Moving Image. (laughs) But it's just so enjoyable when he does it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, crap, I was taking a drink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, that, you're never My quite ready for this child. guy. <laughs> I feel like somewhere here there's a mean joke to be made about which celebrity this looks like. <laughs> but the problem is, these days, if I make that joke, within a week, they'll actually be dead. So, I don't think that's safe. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> I can't understand where, like, people who are expecting, like, it's time to play their music. <laughs> this didn't really gel. I, I kind of get it. Oh, have you seen this part? No. Nope. Meanwhile, uh, no uh, oh, oh! It's the crumbly. It's the crumbly face. Oh, That's how he dies. He just crumbles to pieces. Oh no! Thank you for making me a part of this. 
Uh, this is, oh no, oh no. Oh yeah, that's that's like the best death in Henson history oh. right there. Um, but because the no, Skeksis and, and stop, don't no. I just have to explain the Skeksis and the Mystics are connected, and so when one dies, the other has to die. And so that's why here the 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 Mystics, because they're the good ones, they get the nice death. And and so the idea is that be- they actually come from the same species that was like part Mystic and part Skeksis, and like. <sighs> somehow by having the good part and the bad part together that made them whole and that made them better but I'm like, how does that work? If the mystics are good and you just add Skeksis to them, shouldn't that make them worse instead of better? Like, it just I don't know, like I've really tried to understand the lore here. Do you mind the, if I listen mythos, to something but... here real quick? What's that? Hmm? I just want to listen to something here real quick. Oh sure, by all means. Can I keep talking? Can I keep doing the podcast? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. So Sesame Street won the Emmy Award for Best Preschool Children's Series, Best Editing Multi-Camera, uh, Best Sound Mixing, and uh, some very good news here. Muppet Babies actually got an award. It was specifically... Oh, they did? Voice actor Ben Diskin getting oh, Best Performer in a pre- Yes, yes. Wonderful. Uh, can I speak at full volume now? Are we good? Did you hear what you wanted to hear? Oh, I was... I was yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, just making sure. Oh, that's sure. a nice view. Uh, I like that shot. Yeah, there are lots of lovely shots in this. Oh, this is one of my favorite moments in character development, when uh, Jen says he's not going to go alone, and then says, all right, alone then. And it's like, okay, I guess that's character development for you. <laughs> it's something... A change. Dang, that's a hmm, interesting shot. Yeah, like here you can see it's man, I'm expect I'm hoping some listener is actually following along at home. <laughs> or else this is not <laughs> like gonna be fun for anybody. It. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you even know who they are. <laughs> but no, it's it's you can tell that a lot of this is that Lord of the Rings kind of stuff where they went and shot wherever it was big enough and expansive enough to look like a fantasy epic kind of place. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, speaking of things I appreciate, Sesame Street is going on tour this summer. Uh, as, as part of the show's 50th... This is from ToughPigs.com again. As part of the show's 50th anniversary celebration, Sesame Street is hitting the road for a series of live events in various U.S. cities. I'm pretty sure this is the first time the actual Sesame Street Muppets, not the Sesame Street live costume versions, uh, have gone on a multi-city trip. So it's pretty exciting. According to the press release from Sesame Workshop... Um, stops on the road will unfold over three days, culminating in free Sesame Street festivals where families in each city can enjoy live performances and kid-friendly activities. Uh, Sesame Street's production crew will also travel to each city filming a new segment that will capture what local kids love about their communities. And the also, segment, also yeah. I have uh, I have the Muppet Mindset article open over here. And it says I, that, 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 well, it says that... No, uh-uh. But, no, but, but I, I, what, what? I will drain your essence if you mention the Muppet Mindset again. We're not talking about him right now. I haven't okay? seen this movie all the way through. I don't get that reference. We are talking about ToughPigs.com's article where they clarify uh, that uh, uh, while in town, Big Bird, Elmo, and friends will visit landmark community organizations, and stops include New York City on June 1st. Not really 
much of a distance. Yeah, that's kind of just a walk down the street for them. Um, not really traveling anywhere. They can kind of be there any time. But then they're going to Washington, D.C., so I might actually get to see this there. Um, Lucky. Looks like this is just happening in uh, June, July, and yeah. they'll actually go all the way out to Los Angeles uh, August 3rd. So this should this, be fun. This is a slow sword fight. Yeah, I know. It's a very... So here's the thing. I'm not trying to... gonna get you... They're not trying to hit each other. They're trying to break the stone. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought they were trying to hit each other. It's like, you're taking your sweet, merry little time there. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, see, that's the thing. They make this work a lot better, I think, in the original director's cut, which, for some reason, they've never actually edited together for an official release. I don't know why not. Maybe they just don't have it in good enough quality. Wait, was that a Jerry but, Nelson voice? Yes. You hear Jerry Nelson voices in this. Huh. That is one of the fun perks of watching this movie. He does some good voices for it. Um... You don't hear much of anyone else in it, though. Not, don't not forget to count the crystals! <laughs> uh, but the, originally, this was all going to be in some made-up language, so you didn't know what they were saying. Oh, yeah, and that meant that nothing that in it was really over-explained. Like, you would figure everything out from context clues, and that would give you as the audience something to actually do during the movie. Like, hey, let's figure out what's going on. But now, as it is... I feel you know, like that would have been more interesting... Yeah, I think it would have been too. But as it is now, it's just they, they tell you everything. And like the characters will all be saying the same thing together over and over again. And it's just like, that's not how screenwriting works. This is annoying. Um, well, that doesn't work for my segue because I don't have something annoying to talk about next. Uh, I just have something strange to talk about next. But the Dark Crystal is still strange, right? Yeah. Is Very, this. Is, uh... That's kind of the best word I can find for it at this point. This, oh, this is where they are going to disrobe him, by the way. He's about to be stripped. Is he about to be naked? He, he, oh, yeah. It's like, you ever see that scene in Cinderella where she gets everything torn off of her body and it's very, you Oh, know, so it's a sad naked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Um, so, here's the interesting thing. You remember that Sesame Street character, Roosevelt Franklin? Yeah, he, he's, he's pretty awesome. He is. Uh, so he, that character oh, has whoa. been. Oh no! Sorry, uh, that character has been. Ew! Yeah. I mean, it's me because I think this is the hmm character that I like. But yes, it is. Ew, dude. It it it'll be okay. You'll you'll get used to it. It's fine. How um, many breasts does he have? <laughs> More than anyone oh needs. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> Feeding a village? Uh, what's that? Is he feeding a village? <laughs> you don't see too much more of that from here on out. I think he goes and puts his clothes on again at some point. It'll be okay. Let me um, let me ask this much. Is there anything worse than crumbly face? Because my god, that was awful. I've never really had that much of a problem with crumbly face. I think it's a cool effect. I don't get too bothered it's by it. It's a cool effect, but it unfortunately works so well that it is one <laughs> of the most horrifying images I've seen in the history of Jim Henson. <laughs> um, I would say when they start draining characters' essences, the, the two scenes that feature that are, in my opinion, on the same level. 
Um, not necessarily exceeding, but I think they're on the same level. It's a lot to take. Um, it's not for everybody. But you on the bright side, to be a they're using fan. my favorite hue of purple. Isn't it a nice hue of purple? It's a really it yeah. Is. It's like it's almost pink, but it's still purple. It's really right. good. Like it's nice watching it in HD. You get oh, a really yeah, nice, absolutely. clear, vivid picture that I think because a lot of the colors in this are actually muted, but when you watch it in nice HD, they get brought out a bit. Oh, you'll probably like the way these creatures are built. They've got a cool. That, that Skeksis had some good puppetry in that shot. Yeah, Very lots fluid. of good puppetry in this. Um, I like I like the design and build of these giant bug creatures, the Gartham. I think they're those a lot are fun. really cool. Yeah, like they really do look like they're just bugs made out of metal, like extremely intimidating creatures that serve their purpose in the story quite well. I think. Um, where was I? So yeah, Roosevelt Franklin has actually been um, he's been resu- he's been resurrected. What? He's, yeah, he's back, but not on Sesame Street itself. So uh, there's Uh-oh. a show called Meet the Peets. I know nothing about it. It's on the Hallmark Channel. That That's all I know. The, uh, that was the canceled uh, spinoff of Goof Troop. <laughs> well played. Um, but <laughs> no, it, it's... Uh, so apparently it's about a family called the Peets, and one of the Peets is Holly Robinson Pete, the Robinson coming from Matt Robinson. She is the daughter of Sesame Street's own Matt Robinson, uh, who, in in addition to playing the original Gordon, he was also the voice of Roosevelt Franklin. Didn't he also so, create him? Uh, yes, I think he was one of the creators or co-creators of Roosevelt Franklin. Um, to my knowledge. I'm not an expert on that character. You would have to ask Steve Swanson, because Steve has always been weirdly obsessed with Roosevelt Franklin. Or Ryan never. Yeah, I, there are a few people who are really, really big Roosevelt Franklin fans. I get it, kind of. You know, it's he's he's a neat character. But anyway, it's it's nice that he's getting some attention again. They're they're bringing out some of the classic characters for uh, uh, for this special year, and, and you know, bringing attention to Sesame Street in some unexpected ways, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I actually I actually saw the, the I found video of his scene online and. It was really interestingly done because in the same style that the original Roosevelt, he was performed by Frank but voiced by uh, Matt Robinson. Uh, they had Ryan Dillon puppeteer him, and then Chris Knowings did uh, his voice. That's very interesting. And it was it was a pretty good impression too. Are you are you seeing the eyeball right now? By the way, I'm sorry. Are you seeing the eye in the hand in the movie? Uh, yeah, that's uh. That's a thing. Okay. Just making sure that you're uh, still watching what you're supposed to be watching and doing Oh, wait, homework. this is the character Frank does. Yeah, this is Frank's character, Agra. Now, the voice is, uh, much like with Roosevelt Franklin, the voice like is done Peggy's. by someone else. Yeah, it's not Frank doing the voice. Um, remember, it's, it's also... for the Dark Crystal? <laughs> right. Uh, this movie would be twice as good if it just it'd, had it'd Frank's original voice for Augur in it. Yes, it would be funnier. <laughs> I want to hear the cut that has Jim's voice for Jen, because Jim's puppeteering Jen in the movie. Um, but for some reason, they decided to get other people to do the voices for everybody. With Augur, it makes sense. Cause, but Master! Because she actually sounds like she's, you know, female this way. Whereas Frank has never really played anyone that actually sounded like a female character. Right. Uh, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe there. I've actually, when I was a kid, I think I bumped into some people who were like, "Wait a minute! You mean Miss Piggy isn't really played by a woman?" 
but they were kids. So oh yeah, uh, Spike Milligan when he was on the Muppet Show, they did like a table read, and Frank read a piggy line, and he went, "Your your piggy blasphemy" or something like that. <laughs> That's wonderful. How have I not? Where did you hear that story? I don't know that one. I remember reading it in Jim Henson the biography. No, there's no. I've I've. I've gone through that book twice. There's no way that that's in there. I specifically remember something about maybe maybe not even Spike, but some guest star. They were doing a table read, and Frank started reading his piggy, and they decided blasphemy. <laughs> okay, I'm obviously look jokingly, this up not like actual tie it to a stake. <laughs> well, yeah, that would have that would have made for an interesting Muppet this Show is an episode. Interesting turn in my career. Why isn't there a Muppet Show episode where the Muppets all decide to revolt against their performers and, like, you know, tie them up and, you know, I think, I just think that would be interesting. Horrifying, but interesting. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Jerry was having a very odd day at work, so uh, now we're stuck with this script. <laughs> uh, you know, I bet you there are times when something like that happened. There are a few Muppet, uh, there are a few moments on the Muppet Show where it really does feel like whoever was supposed to be writing the show was not there that day, so they just figured something out. Or even worse, <laughs> that person was there, but they were just going through a really weird time, and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, um, I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the script you handed in to me yesterday. Uh, can we not? <laughs> um... I'm, I, I kind of wish someone had said that about the Dark Crystal script. <laughs> because the whole movie of the Dark Crystal is just Jim Henson going through a weird time. But, I don't know. It looks cool. Sure looks cool. I don't know what this weird thing is that's spinning around with all the planets on it, but it's neat. Welcome to Pretty the planetarium. Neat. Yeah, like, that's all that it is. It's just a dangerous planetarium that's almost cutting her head it's off. It's like a really... It's like a much more risky uh, that I messed up the bit again. This is not my day. Sorry, too, too late. Keep going. Keep moving. We're doing it live. Keep going. It's like a really interestingly risky Neil deGrasse Tyson presentation. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I, I would love to watch uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson having to avoid being clobbered by a planet as he tries to talk about space stuff. That would be fun. I would love to um, facetiously laugh at, and I know you're a fan of his, so don't take this the wrong way. I would love to facetiously laugh at him making some kind of video where, like, Ro rocks cannot have this magical power, so this movie is false. Right, exactly. Um, you know, actually, Neil deGrasse Tyson, did you know he actually did interview Frank Oz once? Really? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was for uh, part of the promotion for Muppet Guys Talking, weirdly enough. They had him mm. on Star Talk. So, it was really? pretty cool. Yeah, and then one of the commentators on the interview, like when they would pause the interview and come back to the comedians doing commentary, was Adam Conover. So, there's like just this whole weird crossing over of people you would not expect to be together in an episode, together in an episode of Star Talk. So, that's a thing. Hmm. Um, speaking of weird crossing over of celebrities... From ToughPigs.com, it was only a matter of time before the world of Sesame Street uh, at, and the other uh, shows in the HBO family begin to merge. Thankfully, it seems that they're crossing over in the name of mutual respect. In these new videos, you'll see Elmo on Game of Thrones, Cookie Monster on Westworld, and uh, Common just hanging out with the whole cast in his recording studio. They're all pretty great, so give them a view or two. 
you know, yeah, I, I'm with Tough Pigs on this. They are pretty great videos. Mm-hmm. Just odd. They're just tonally strange. They it's are just, weird choices, I'll say. Like, like the, not the common one. The common one, I think, is kind of like today's version of them. Uh, just like when they used to do, like, celebrity collabs back in, like, the 80s or 90s. I think it's kind of, like, in line with Sesame. But the other two definitely are kind of... This is interesting. Yeah, like, the the song one feels like... I, I was just reminded of that Will I Am song that they had mm-hmm. years yeah. ago. Do you remember that? <clears throat> the, if what I am is what's in me, I'll be strong, that's who I'll be. I don't know why I remember those words, but I do. That that's was, the first words. The, the, right. Um... I honestly uh, like yeah, I like the common one better. I think probably because, and this is not to slam Will I Am, who I know listens to this podcast, of but uh, <laughs> uh, I kind of like Commons better just because the the Will I Am ones kind of has like somewhat of a generic generic song like pop song feel to it, whereas the common one feels kind of like I don't know. There's something more interesting to like some of the key choices and some of the beat choices to it. It feels a little hmm. different. Okay, but a, re- a weird definitely... thing to go on a tangent about, but a tangent nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but th- th- these other videos are very interesting. Like I expected at some point they would be doing something like this. I just thought it would, if it was going to happen, it would have happened when Sesame Street first appeared on HBO. I thought that's when they oh, were going to oh, do something like happening. this. Oh yeah, sorry, plots happening. Um, uh, Gartham have attacked trying to get Jen or the crystal or something like that. Yes. <laughs> um, so Jen just escaped. Uh, or so he thinks. Yeah, it's like one of Miss Piggy's going down the staircase. Three years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. How did I not die after three years of falling? It's true. You look at where he started and how far down he fell. And it's like, how is he not dead? Jeez. <laughs> He's just fine. Am I I mean, horrible? they made those puppets pretty durable in the day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, I know. I See, I, you know, this, this movie does have a plot. It really does. It just... It's not a tight It's one, the filmmaker's all. attempt to not make us laugh while being as silly as possible. <laughs> yes. It's like that. It's like, um, wait, no, this is the original try not to laugh challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but, you know, I actually really liked seeing uh, the Cookie Monster and Westworld one. I, I mean, it, it was neat. It was awkward. It was clear that nobody knew how to handle these videos, so they just went for it. It's just the weird thing is Elmo's voice in the Game of Thrones one sounds odd. And his fur looks weird. And he's also wearing clothes in that one. And Elmo doesn't wear clothes often, so that's odd. Um, but It feels weird yeah. to me in the sense that it feels like one of those videos where... Uh, and they don't happen too often. And again, this is not meant to be a slam. But it feels like another one of those uh, moments where Ryan was kind of having to strain a little bit to do Elmo's voice. Because it feels a little yelly in a weird way. Yeah, that... As, as you pointed out, that's an extremely rare thing, but it does happen once in a blue moon, and when it does, it kind of throws you off. It feels um, weird, given that like the other characters are like, I have this issue with you, and we're going to discuss it. And then I was like, right. how? How did you want to do it today? <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
it is kind of a, like calm down, man. Um, but the the Cookie Monster one gels a little bit better. It's just yeah. that no one's quite sure how to play it exactly right. Um, because obviously these are very very adult shows that these characters have just invaded that yeah. are you know normally have lots of nudity and profanity and other R-rated things, and here are the Sesame Street characters <laughs> showing up, and it's like, it's interesting that Sesame Workshop allowed that one. Not see this. I just have to wonder what other characters could they have thrown in there just to shake and things like, up. And like, what or show what? would they be on? Right, yeah. Like, if, if only they could have gone with shows other than HBO, then that would have been... I mean, just the number of possibilities for Sesame Street crossovers is just endless. Uh, but that is fan fiction for another time. The fan fiction for our time is, is the something that's... 2011. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to talk about a fan-created Lego set. What? But you, you, you are our resident merch guy, so I think maybe you should talk about the Legos. You want to okay. talk about the Legos? All right, so uh, let's see. Uh, should be somewhere around here. Just don't forget to watch the movie. Wow, Jared never talked about this. Okay, I guess I'll go to Tough Pigs. Uh, let's see, Tough Pigs and Lego. For those oh, of you a, playing oh, along at home, that's an uncomfy shot. Yeah, he does. I don't like oddly him looking at me. I did not I give forgot. you permission. Look away. Jen looks into the camera in this one. I don't like it. Well, here's my thing. If Jen's going to look into the camera, I, I wish he would say Are something any like... Are folks believing this? <laughs> I like Right. I, I wish it would be like a good Muppet moment. Like, you know, boy, I sure wish I was with you people enjoying this for the first time. I love like, how we've immediately switched over to, because we know it's Jim performing, just talking <laughs> as Jim. <laughs> well, well, I was This is a just... very strange world. I should make a movie about this. Whoa, okay. Yeah, sorry, I should have warned you. There's a minor jump scare there Fizz with the uh, Fizz Gig, um, which is one of the more fun Muppety puppets in this. Uh, but this actually gets us to the reveal of the breather. love interest, um, if you want to call her that. I don't know, whatever you want to call Kira. Um, a puppet. But anyway, that's Kira. She's, um... They're called Gelflings, right? Yes. She's another Gelfling. Um... <laughs> And uh, she's so anyway, the one who. Uh, <coughs> she's basically Pocahontas. Like, she's the one who's going to teach him how to paint with all the colors of the wind. And, you know, she can talk to all the animals and trees and oh, stuff. Oh, in that way, okay. Yeah. But also, you know, possibly racist. I don't know. I mean, Seemingly, everything's. If Veggie Tales is racist, anything is racist. That's a completely you know, different topic. Anything can happen. That is a different topic. What were we talking about? So, there are fewer ideas more tantalizing than a Lego Sesame Street set. I can think of a few, but that's for another day. It's the perfect combination of Muppet fandom, fun and intricate details, playability, nostalgia, and much more. I'm turning into a voice, but as we've learned, sometimes <laughs> it's not so easy to... to. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, who wrote this? Sorry, Joe. You made a mistake. Sometimes it's not so easy to just make things like this happen. It takes hard work and about 10,000 clicks. I mean, votes. The hard work part comes courtesy of our pal Ivan... I'm sorry if I get this wrong. Ivan... Uh, Guerrero? Guerrero? Something like that. Ivan not Close enough. We're doing it live. Keep going. 
Ivan not only created the original pitch for the LEGO Sesame Street set, but he's been painstakingly updating it with new additions and promotional content, all just so he can give this lofty project a chance at coming to fruition. As for the second part, the 10,000 votes, that's up to us. As of this writing, the pitch has... Okay, so jumping ahead. This happened. It got 10,000 votes, and the way that LEGO Ideas worked is now that it's gotten 10,000 votes, that means the actual LEGO company will be looking at this product pitch and actually consider making it a reality. Right. It's it's sort of like how at a certain number of votes in, in the UK, like, Parliament is forced to have a meeting about something if there's enough votes for it. Like, I believe... It's uh, just like that. They, they actually... I, I heard somewhere that they had to have a meeting about whether or not they were going to ignore that creature. It's not important, I promise. Yeah, welcome to the Dark Crystal. It looks like it should be, because it's so striking and hideous, but it's really not important to the story. It's just there because it looks cool, that's all. Um, but no, I'm pretty sure in, in the UK they actually had to have a parliament meeting about whether or not they would ban Donald Trump from coming to their country just because there was enough support for it, even though that's not something parliament actually has the authority to do. They just had to have a meeting about it anyway. So I think here, we're in a situation... If J.D. wants to meet Donald Trump in the U.K., you people need to let him. So, <laughs> here, we've got a great situation where now, it's not that this thing got approved per se, it's just that the Lego company higher-ups actually are forced to sit down and have a meeting about whether or not they're going to make a Sesame Street Lego set, which is really all that we need. That's about all that we yeah. can ask for, and I'm pretty happy about it. Like, and, and I love that this isn't this isn't like someone said, okay, well, it's for kids, we'll make it a Duplo set. No. This is like an actual Lego set design, and it is amazingly beautifully like true to yeah. what the actual building looks like, and and like all of these um, like the minifigure options are really well thought out, like giving Big Bird uh I don't know the name of the specific pieces, but that that piece we've all seen before, where it's like kind of a tapered triangle-y thing, like basically not just like pa pasting a PNG of Big Bird's face on a normal head, but actually giving him a unique head and making him taller, and just like, right. um, and even outside of the characters, all the different details about one, two, three, and uh, about the street sign and about. The tire swing, and even even on the roof, all of the the pigeon coops, and I love everything about this idea, and I would love so much for it to be a reality. I don't, I try not to get every piece of Muppet merchandise that comes out, but this is definitely something I could see myself uh, justify buying. Sorry, anyway, I'm I'm I should be watching a movie. Uh, it's not that important of a movie. I'm trying to see if I can Says find... Says the man who said, I cannot be on this podcast if I have not seen this movie. Well, that's, that's still the way that it works. Like, I'm not wrong. It's not that important of a movie, but you have to see it. Because we're Muppet fans. This is what we do. These are the rules. Okay? I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Um, I'm sorry. Like a pastor. I'm really sorry. Uh... <laughs> All right, so what are your thoughts on the movie so far? How are you enjoying The Dark Crystal now that we're, I think, getting close to the halfway so point? So all jokes aside, um, I mean, it's, it's like we've kind of said. It's it's nice to look at, in well, for the most part. But right. um, it's as far as, like, 
great storytelling or interesting characters, it's just not really there for me. Yeah. I, I can see that. I mean, oh, there are okay. parts I think of the I know story that is, I do. Oh, this is some... J- Jim once talked about this. It's something where, like, they went to a toy store and bought all these little tiny little mm-hmm. mechanical bug toys and just decorated them with dark crystal fur and just let them scamper across the table. Yep, they just... I think they're, like, pulling strings or something like that and just dragging them around. Um, it's a nice so, effect. It works. This is a new story, kind of out of the blue, in fact... So new, out of the blue. So out of the blue that it came out on the day that we're recording this podcast. Apparently, did you see that Sesame Place is unveiling a Snuffleupagus walk around, and it is freaking beautiful? No, where is this? Go to Sesame Place's Facebook page. This thing is, oh my gosh, this is a this is probably the best walk around at Sesame Place. Okay, I'm so excited. Holy cow. Whoa. It's, I mean, I can tell it's not the one from right, yeah. the real show, but barely. Is this just a test run, or is it actually going to look like that? That's amazing. That's gorgeous. I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Oh, if they could get Sweetums in Muppet Vision to look as accurate as this does to Snuffy, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be wonderful, because this is just so real, this is so true. Wow! Good for them. And that means there are going to be two people inside this thing, making it even hotter and smellier for them. Or is it? Because if you kind of look at the back, it almost looks like the other legs are like, uh, like they're they're fake legs in a weird way, because like they're kind of hovering. Okay, so you think that... He's, what, that he's just going to be doing a squat as he's walking around? It might be something like there's, like, some sort of harness and they can just, like, pump their back or their butt up or something and it kind of makes the back feet go as they need it to. I don't know. I I don't really see this being, at least from this view of the feet, I don't really see it being a two-person costume. Maybe the whole thing is just a giant animatronic. And Brian Henson's going to be a few feet offset the whole time. My father would have loved this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brian? He would have. He would have because it's you really right cool. This That's time, great. Brian. <laughs> uh, well, what else does Brian Henson have to do, huh? He's not getting to make a second Happy Time Murders. That's not going to happen. So, by all means, go puppeteer a cool animatronic. If there actually was a second Happy Time Murders, I think I would have given up on the Henson Company's new ideas. <laughs> You know, Happy Time Murders was really, really great as a concept. Like, in theory, it's a good and that's movie. It. <laughs> um, it almost sort of kind of could have worked. Uh, I know that thousands of people, including me, have already beaten this to death, but I, w- I do want to say this much about it. I feel like had... Because, like, have you ever seen Meet the Feebles before? I'm sure you've heard of it, but have you seen it? No. So, on paper, it sounds like just a really crude parody of The Muppet Show. But if you actually sit down and watch it and analyze how the characters are developed, the struggles they go through, in a lot of ways, it's oddly, like, it's still crass. Like, there's actual, like, you see sexual organs when the characters have sex. But, um, 
in, in a lot of ways in terms of story and character, it's almost like a Shakespearean tragedy. And I think hmm. one of the big things that help this is they don't constantly point out that these characters are puppets. They never acknowledge that. And I think hmm. that helps the audience to really buy the characters a lot more in a way that Happy Time you simply can't because they're constantly oh we're puppets and we we ejaculate silly string and we 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 snort uh uh what's it called glitter and they snort some kind of candy like candy is their crack we're puppets this works for us what does that have to do with being a puppet oh speaking of puppets check out these puppets you'll like these oh that's so cute look at him Hey, the cute like little the the cute little potato people. He's gonna die later, isn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> I like how I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, either die or become enslaved. Those are pretty much their options if you're a podling in the universe of the Dark Crystal. Such, Sorry such for a the cute spoilers, little but... tragedy. Yeah. It's... So anyway, tragedies. Yeah. Uh, back to Happy Time Murders. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I feel like, particularly I. Feel that was a great 20-year-old voice crack I had right there. And I feel like um, if it wasn't so focused on we're puppets and this is funny because we're puppets doing bad things, but if they had instead remembered the actual purpose of puppetry, which is to convey a life form and make you forget that you're looking at a puppet... And also, if they had gone for an actual noir route and not this Will Ferrell constant penis joke angle with the humor and with the tone, it could have been ten times stronger a film. If they had done those two things in the writing process, I feel like this is something I would probably have no problem owning. Now, one of the interesting things about The Dark Crystal, though, uh, getting back to the movie that you and I are watching right now... Yeah, getting back to... Is uh, I actually think that these characters work really well at kind of making you forget that they're puppets because they're more like the Muppets. Like, for whatever reason, the very fact that they're more puppety makes me kind of accept them as what they are. Whereas Jen and Kira, th- that design is trying so hard to look not like a puppet that whenever they are lacking in the facial muscles required to express things the way that yeah. a human would, it's noticeable and it's jarring and it's... I, I mean, it's not quite the Uncanny Valley, but it's it's getting close. I mean, it is just odd, or it feels like... Really, it has the effect of making it seem like they're not all there. Like, they're kind of spaced out, or not entirely engaged in what they're saying or doing. Which isn't what you're, you want in a movie like this. You're, you're breaking up, JD. I'm breaking up? Uh, well, speaking of breaks, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Greetings from the management of MuppetHub.com. If you're following along with the Dark Crystal at home, please don't pause it. We're keeping the movie running in the background for your convenience. In the meantime, this commercial break is going to have to be a long one, so we've dug up something special for you from the Jim Henson archives. The following commercial is a pitch to the Lachoy Chow Mein Company for a series of original commercials by Moppets Incorporated. This commercial went over terribly with test audiences because it was stupid, but it soon inspired the LaChoy Dragon series of commercials we know and love today. We hope you enjoy it. Or don't. You can either pay attention to this or the Dark Crystal. It's your call, really. 
Hello, commercial watchers. We're here in the Lachoy Chow Mein kitchen to discover the secret to the deliciousness of Lachoy Chow Mein. Gee, I wonder how they get it to be so hot, crisp, and crunchy. I'll tell you how. It's because of me, Satan. All right, you know what? Let's see where this goes. I quick cook Lachoy Chow Mein in Hellfire. That's what makes it always crunchy, never soggy, and sure to send you straight to hell. It is, huh? That's right, or my name is Lucifer, the Dark Lord! All it takes is just one taste of Lachoy Chow Mein to know the taste of eternal damnation. Made with fresh mushrooms, celery, onions, peppers, and good lean meat, when you're eating Lachoy Chow Mein, it's eating your soul. Get the evil chow mein, as horrible as the takeout kind, and you can summon the devil with every bite. Because it's quick-cooked by me, Beelzebub, Lord of all evil! Try some today, you won't live to see tomorrow. Hello, I'm Thomas. Hello, I'm Ethan. And we're Thomas and Ethan of Thomas and Ethan's Accents of Different Countries. If you need an accent that sounds like another country, we can provide that accent. We can sound like lots of different foreign people. Don't believe us? Here's an Italian. Oh, yeah, I'm an Italian. They can sound like lots of different foreign people. Just kidding, that wasn't an Italian, it was Ethan. Italians are one of the accents we like to do. It's really fun. Is it fun? Let's confirm that. Here's a Mexican. Oh, yeah, I'm a Mexican. It's really fun. We got you again, didn't we? Some of the other accents we like to do include Germans. Oh, yeah, I'm a German. The Irish. Oh, yeah, I'm the Irish. South Koreans. Oh, yeah, I'm South Korean. North Koreans. Oh, yeah, I'm North Korean. Middle Koreans. Wait a minute, Ethan, are you sure that's a country? No, I meant to say Singapore. That's a little different. Yes, it is. Here's Sam Eagle. Oh, yeah, I'm Sam Eagle. That's a little different. From all of us here at Macy's, I'm Thomas. And I'm Ethan. And we're Thomas and Ethan of Thomas and Ethan's Accents of Different Countries. Visit our website at www.com. You can't ignore me forever. I only want what's best for Westeros. And I only want for you to not get what you want. See? This is why you don't have any friends. What's up, homies? Where the dragon lady at? Who are you? Oh, Elmo is Elmo of Sesame Street. Y you know, from the morning block. Oh, you have no idea how long Elmo has been waiting to come here. Everything is so G-rated on Sesame Street, which just isn't Elmo's style anymore. But do you know how long it's been since we had any hot babes on the show? And they're always fully clothed. What's it with that? This is HBO. Ah, but Game of Thrones, man. This is the life for Elmo. Wait, hey, hey, wait a minute. Why do you all have clothes on? Why does Elmo have clothes on? Elmo never wears clothes. What is this? Just my luck that the one day Elmo makes a trip to Game of Thrones, everybody decides it's clothing day. Great, thanks, Sesame. Hey, Elmo, Elmo. Yeah, what is it, Cookie? Elmo, you have got to come over to Westworld with me. We just found the saloon. Uh, the saloon? What do you mean saloon? Oh, you know, the, the, we found the brothel. Oh, really? Yeah, come on, let's go. Oh, but Elmo was looking everywhere for the brothel and never found it. it. Like right in the middle of the main road. Center of town. Can't miss it. Elmo spent ages looking for it. Well, hey, maybe this game just now meant for you. Now, come on, let's let's go do some robots. All right. Well, Cersei, you let me down today. Please promise, Elmo, you'll try to do a nerd scene soon. Please, okay? I can try. Good, good. Elmo respects that. Thank you. I can feel something. Hear it almost. 
We don't go in here anymore. Bad things happened in here once. But they were Gelfling. Like us. Yes. They're, they're they Gelflings. They can't do anything them. wrong, Jen. Or Kira. Whatever you are. So, uh, JD. Uh, you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be hearing this when you're editing the show later. And uh, I'm going to use this time to convert you. So I'm opening up to Romans right now. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What did I miss? Uh, Kira said something like, bad things happened. And Jen was like, but they're Gelflings like us. And I was like, yeah. D d G Kira, Gelflings don't sin. <laughs> no Gelfling. You're being a silly. You're being a silly, Kira. Just look at this. Interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> just stupid joking, not actual problems with the movie. Okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just went and uh, had my little act break, my potty break, got myself something to snack on. You ever had a um, Star Crunch? Uh, isn't that one of those commercials Jim made that didn't end up airing? See, that's the thing. I said every time I get one, I think... Why isn't this? Why do I expect it to be a star crunch? And it's because of that cereal, crunchy stars, with the well, Swedish see, chef. What I actually thought about is like wheels, flutes, crowns, and stars. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because you know, some of those commercials have worked. They've made me buy that stuff. I think I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. Like I've actually bought Jimmy Dean products, SK Meats. Wait, um, SK Meats oh. is a thing that wasn't just like a joke tweet. Yeah, in my area, it's here. It's a local product in the Baltimore-Washington area, what? and I live in the Baltimore-Washington market, so I actually do... Wow! Yeah, it's still here. Now I, I have a reason to go to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, come by when they're doing the Sesame Street thing. The Sesame Street thing. We'll have some fun. I would if I could drive, but I can't. Yeah, Alright, fair enough. Interesting plot stuff going on here in the movie right now. Um, oh, is that, is that trying hmm? To is that hmm? That's hmm. Is that what we're going to call him now? We're going to call him because hmm? that actually sounds a lot like a voice I've heard in the storyteller. Hmm. Yeah, that's very, uh, very. It's very possibly the same guy. I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, see, look at that shot with his face. How like this should be an interesting moment, and his face conveys nothing. You know, I just um, noticed if you really look closely into Kira's eyes a second ago, they kind of. Much like a human's pupils, they kind of very, in very tiny ways, go, like, all around in a, a little bit. Kira is that much better than Jen. Yeah. Her face actually has some expression built into it. Like, you believe there's some life in her eyes. I um, feel bad for him. Yeah, you know, Hmm keeps getting dumped on in this movie. I gotta say, he, well, first of all, catch me up. What did I, I miss while I was on break? <laughs> uh, what 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 did I miss while I was in the uh, you know in the other room? Uh, they wake up lying with each other because they're sinful, and okay. uh, there's a really cool shot of Fizzgig like eating grass or something like that. Okay. Um, oh, also right before that, a really nice running shot. Like it didn't look like puppet bobbing; it looked like actual running movements, and it was really nice. Yeah, they're very careful in this to make sure that when they're moving around, you know, it actually looks like real creatures, not just puppets moving around. So there's very little bobbing in this. They're very careful with it. 
I always love when huh? that happens in like the actual Muppets. Like back when Dave Goals, like before he got a little bit older, was like very intricate about everything and like he would make uh, Gonzo or Boober like actually their hips sway back and forth and um, hmm. stuff like that. I really like it when Gonzo's movements are just as unrealistic as possible and he just zips into frame. Like it's just one continuous horizontal movement in in the frame. Yeah, it just happens in half a second. But there's the fizz gig roar. There's the gif. Um, yep. The g- That's the gif we've all seen. It's the, the fizz gif. That scene is to the Dark Crystal. What that one random scene of Cotterpin dancing is to Fraggle Rock. Haven't seen that Cotterpin gif. That's a thing? Well, gif, and uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Love you too. Um, <laughs> Alright. Let's see we're, here. What uh, else is going on in the news? We covered the Sesame Street news, and that's most of the news we have. Uh, while we're doing the Landstrider scene, which isn't important, I'm actually going to throw it back to you uh, for some talk about Muppet merch. This actually merch, is a think... really nicely shot scene. This is that yeah, I... behind-the-scenes thing where we're, like, on stilts, right? Yes. Man. This is people on stilts inside a costume. You filled which... this with potential, Jim, if only fell through. Maybe that's how they're going to do um, Snuffy. It's going to be a guy on stilts doing all the legs, that and the mouth just won't move. in a theme park setting. <laughs> Not not horrifying for viewers, but like for the guy doing it, <laughs> exactly. that would be absolutely horrifying. Like trying to hold up your whole weight up there, <laughs> live in front of kids, knowing that the whole thing could just collapse on you in front of children. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, so here we're at, at one of those scenes that's really quite disturbing because they're going to take, you know how these you know how these characters kind of remind you of Fraggles. Yeah, They're cute and adorable, and you like them, and oh, you wait, like to no, like is them. Is this the essence thing? This is the essence training. Oh boy. Alright, brace yourself. You know, I'm just gonna sit back and watch you watch this. Okay. Because, this is, uh, this is the video portion of the podcast where... <laughs> yes, everyone turn on your video monitors now. <laughs> See, I actually don't have the audio My Belubius so is really trembling! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the audio on for this because I, I think I, at this point I know most of the lines in the movie. Um, there aren't a whole lot of lines in this one to know. Oh, Here's the shot, with the beams going right into his eyes. And in that particular shot, with this one's particular design, it actually does kind of look like a fraggle. There, do you see it? That, sort of like he's, like his face is kind of melting and aging and stuff. It's really quite disturbing. Uh, Um, juice, juice, what? Yep, there, that's, that's his essence. He's peeing. They're juicing him. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, there it is. Uh, uh. Yeah, there are the demon eyes. No. Oh, like, no, you're Jim, just, like, why? He, J- he doesn't, Jimothy. to my recollection, he doesn't make ah! any noise in this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he makes any noise in this no! scene. No! God! But the, the whole time, you're you're expecting him to be going, uh, Yeah, I'm kind of getting, like, a Tina from Bob's Burgers, like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, nice bit of puppetry there, though, when you see the chest pounding in and out. It's very yeah, nice. I d- um, as horrified as I am, that is a nice touch. It's an impressive effect, the whole That sequence. describes this whole movie. Um, as horrified as I am, that's a nice touch. Um, and then here, this part's uh, really impressive when uh, his wrinkles actually go away. I still don't know how they did that when they do the de-aging effect on him. Yeah. Like, that's... That de-aging is ahead of its like, time. Like, for aging, you can kind of just, like, 
fill it up with air and suck it out or something to that effect. But with de-aging, that's, wow. Like, I have no idea how they did that. Um, sorry, where were we? I think we were on Muppet Merch. Um, uh, before commercial break we were, I know. Right, I, I wanted to come it's back to that because... kind of all the news there is these days because Disney doesn't like touching the Muppets. Well, they'll get over it. This too shall pass. Sometimes I suspect that it was really... I, I suspect things were actually going well up until the 2015 show, because up until then, I bet you Disney really thought, hey, we can do a Muppet show that's for grown-ups, not just for little I kids. I honestly do, like, now that you say it, I, I, I kind of agree, because, like, there was like, never we, any doubt that, like, the Muppets would be staying around until the 2015 show happened, and then suddenly it's like, well, these characters are dead, so we can't really do much of anything with them. It's not just, not specifically that they're dead. You have to notice the change in the way that they handle the characters. Because remember, they're still doing something with the Muppet characters. They're doing a TV show called Muppet Babies, and it's winning Emmys. That's still going. That's how they're using the Muppet property. I do kind of forget about Muppet Babies, I'll admit. Right. After, I think after the 2015 show, which was the big test to see, can we do a Muppet show that's specifically targeted at grown-ups, or do we have to keep treating the Muppets as a baby property, they... They, they went, you know what? This didn't work. We tried treating them up as something for grown-ups. Grown-ups didn't like it. They were uncomfortable. And so we're going to treat them up as a children's property again. They're getting Muppet Babies. That's what you get. Which, and so... I think the whole, let's make a Muppet show specifically targeted at adults, I do think that that is a fallacy because... And Frank Oz once put it, again, this is something I remember reading in... I'm pretty sure it was Jim Henson the biography. It might have been elsewhere. Where I think you just have a different copy of the biography, but go ahead. Like, it's just someone else's book, and they <laughs> just wrote on, you know, Brain John Jomey. This one's and by you Frost just Fan 76. It it's way Jones. more frighteningly in-depth. Sorry? This one's by FrogFan76. It's way more frighteningly in-depth. I, w- I would expect so much. Okay. Uh, Continue. But... Frank Oz once said that where Sesame Street was all ages kids, The Muppet Show was all ages adult. And that, like, it's always all ages stuff, but it's angled either a little more towards kids or a little more towards adults. And I feel like the whole... And you even look at um, The Funkland in their most recent episode on Jim Henson, I feel like they kind of did a good way of explaining that Jim wanted to do something that wasn't just meant for a specific audience. He wanted to do something that literally worked for everyone, primarily kind of thinking adults can watch this too. And it's not that it was just for adults, it's that it was something that an adult would enjoy watching. And I feel like that's the disconnect everyone keeps having, is that it has to be for adults or for kids. No, just do something genuinely funny and when it's emotional, be genuinely sincere about that. And that's what's going to draw people to the Muppets. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't know. I'm still missing the 2015 show, so... I don't know. Um, but actually, there, there is just one piece of merch from Disney that I'm seeing, which is apparently this year they're doing a Muppet Christmas Carol illustrated storybook. Right. Um, do you know anything about that? I, I know that my friend, uh, my artist friend Luke Flowers, is the illustrator behind that. If that you, is such a great name for an artist. It really can is. I just say? <laughs> um, if you 
you might be familiar with some of his work, depending on how many books you pick up. <laughs> um, he recently <laughs> did his first New York Times bestseller, uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is kind of this sort it's not i don't think it's officially little golden books but it's of that nature sort of a right little golden books ish kind of book collecting a lot of like song lyrics and poems from mr rogers and he did these really beautiful textured but also cartoony uh illustrations for them right that's that i saw when i was in target the other day i saw an ad for that up on screen for that book and it's a really strange thing where it's just a mom reading to her kids it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? Like, it, just reading the song as though it's poetry, and it's so awkward and so strange, but the book looks good. Like, I'd still buy it if I had kids, if only because the artwork looks really good. So, sure. Um, can I can I step into, like, a really weird tangent for a second? Man, we're watching The Dark Crystal. It's not going to get weirder than that. Go for it. I want to know how you feel about the about Mr. Rogers in general. I'm curious. Because so, I've never been certain. Here's the interesting thing. It was actually only a, a couple weeks ago when I first finally watched the biopic. Um, you mean the documentary? Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, documentary. Um, the biopic with Tom Hanks has not yet come out. Thank God. May it never come out because Tom Hanks has no business playing Mr. Rogers. Um... I mean, he, he shouldn't even have been playing Walt Disney, but playing Mr. Rogers? I No, like when it's Tom Hanks on screen, I just see Tom Hanks. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> getting out of that tangent, back to our current tangent. Uh, I actually have a lot of respect for Mr. Rogers. I think he's really cool. I, I did take an I, I took issue with that documentary when they were actually showing clips from Sesame Street as stuff that was not what Mr. Rogers wanted to do because it was trying too hard to be all flashy and stuff. And yes, admittedly... Sorry, did you just see this? This guy just flail up there? Yeah. The <laughs> oh, God. That, that's one like of I'm the funnier the scenes in the movie. Again. And, and uh, you know, I, in some cases, I really do think they were trying to be funny in certain moments in this film, and that's one of them. Because <laughs> they're sort of playing up the evil characters as, like, a British or French, you know, mm-hmm. aristocracy thing. Like, the gowns that they're wearing all evoke royalty from Europe in the Middle Ages. So, it's very odd. But, no, I've got a lot of respect for Mr. Rogers. I think that stylistically, the the way he went about things was not always uh, the style that I would have gone with, but I have tons of respect for him. It was clear uh, that he was dedicated to doing exactly what children's media should be doing, which is providing children, and really people of all ages, uh, with the tools that they need to deal with how emotionally challenging just being alive is. I mean, yes. being alive can suck. It very often sucks. And you know, so often when you when you see children in public, um, you just, like, kids walking around with their parents always just seem to be upset about something. And is that because children are bad? Yes. But it's also because life is bad. And they don't know how to handle it yet. They're new. They just got to this planet, and, you know, they're kind of given the sense that it's supposed to be good, but in fact it's just filled with lots of disappointments and sucky things. And so, yeah, it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to process. And giving them the uh, tools that they need 
to help process their emotions is vitally important. It is fundamental. And also, uh, and I, think, also I would add, like, teaching them that if they make a mistake in figuring out how to handle life, that it doesn't make them a bad person. They're still... Right. They still have worth. Right. That's that's the thing, is that he he understood to make sure, first and foremost, that everybody understood that they have worth. That is the first principle. They have to... If you're going to engage in human society, I would hope that the first thing you knew was that humans... Whether you or anybody completely different from you have worth. That is the first thing to note. And believe it or not, children's television shows before and since haven't done as good of a job as getting that through people's head as Fred Rogers. Uh, so he, he really understood that television is, at its core, communication and needs to be used to communicate with people in a very meaningful way. That is vitally important. There's a speech he gave at his acceptance into the Television Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find a transcript of it. Uh, because it's one of those things where I personally watch it, and like that's why... Um, like What's said in that speech is one of my biggest um, just inspirations into the kinds of things I want to do and the kind of things I want to communicate with people. Okay, I, I found the transcript. Um... Okay, pause that for a moment. Watch the movie because oh, no. now Kira Not is getting yet. her essence drained. And there go the eyes. Why is it not as horrifying this time? Uh, wait. It's because they've just gotten started. It's getting there. Oh, and they also cross cut. I forgot about that. They cut part of it. Um, that's the thing is that she actually survives it, if memory serves. Minor spoiler there. I'm pretty sure she somehow breaks out of it, so she doesn't get the full effect. She just gets it a little bit. Um, right, because she's got Augur there to help. Um, I completely theory. forgot Augur was captured or whatever. Yeah. it's Well, that's that's one of those points where the movie actually does have some plot stuff going on. Like, they're actually setting something up now for something that's going to happen later. But it's so easy to ignore that in this movie, because the movie isn't interested in its plot as much as it's interested in... Look at these nice, cool, slow-moving, pretty shots of the beautiful set and the... It's as interested stuff. in its plot as the audience is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I think we've said enough about that. Go ahead and go with the Mr. Rogers quote. Okay. This is one of the biggest... Uh, it's putting how I feel about how we should treat media in way better words than I could ever come up with. Fame is a four-letter word. And like tape, or zoom, or face, or pain, or life, or love... What ultimately matters is what we do with it. I feel that those of us in television are chosen to be servants. It doesn't matter what our particular job, we are chosen to help meet the deeper needs of those who watch and listen, day and night. The conductor of the orchestra at the Hollywood Bowl grew up in a family that had little interest in music, but he often tells people he found his early inspiration from the fine musicians on television. Last month, a 13-year-old boy abducted an 8-year-old girl, and when people asked him why, he said he learned about it on TV. Something different to try, he said. Life's cheap. What does it matter? Well, life isn't cheap. It's the greatest mystery of any millennium, and television needs to do all it can to broadcast that, to show and tell what the good in life is all about. But how do we make goodness attractive? 
by doing whatever we can to bring courage to those whose lives move near our own, by treating our neighbor at least as well as we treat ourselves and allowing that to inform everything that we produce. And then he, he does uh, the thing that they talk about in the movie where he says, who in your life has been such a servant to you, who has helped you love the good that grows within you? And then they take 10 seconds to let you think about that person. And he says, no matter where they are, either here or in heaven, imagine how pleased those people must be to know that you thought of them right now. We all have only one life to live on earth. And through television, we have the choice of encouraging others to demean this life or to cherish it in creative, imaginative ways. Mr. Rogers. Now put your nose in the corner and watch the movie we're supposed to be watching. Yes, sir. Sorry, I've been I've been bad this episode. Sorry. It's all right. It's been a rough episode. I'm proud of you for pushing through as much as you have. For what it's worth, we've only got 20 minutes left, so you are killing it. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. You're really working your way through this movie. We have nearly reached the climax. Um, so, long story short, there's a Muppet Christmas Carol animated or illustrated storybook. Oh Man, wouldn't it be cool if it was we animated? We really off topic. <laughs> <laughs> we did, but that's part of the fun. That's part uh, of the Muppet fans talking. Right, it wouldn't be Muppet fans talking if we didn't get crazily off topic. Um, why did it have to be snakes? Uh, <laughs> Why did it have it's, to be mecha bugs? Right, it's the stuck in the pit scene. Everybody loves the stuck in the pit scene. And how does he get out of it? Well, that's how. They just kind of break it. Like Here, they really here's do. an escape, run! <laughs> Look out, he's going to escape through the hole we just conveniently made for him. Oh, like, we didn't block off the exit that we painted ourselves. <laughs> yeah... Some parts of the story are a little cheap, but more or less it works. Um, lava. Kinda. Why did it have to be lava? You know, there's another Jim Henson movie that we really ought to talk about right now, which is uh, the Muppet movie. Because apparently they're going to be going behind the scenes of the making of the 1979 yes. Muppet movie for a show on Disney+. Plus. Oh. Yeah. Like, this is an odd thing. Uh, from ToughPigs.com. Disney's new streaming service is on the horizon, and we've all been waiting not so patiently for some sort of Muppet project to be officially announced, be it a new series, or an old one, or something completely different. While this is most definitely not an announcement about a new Muppet series, it does sound extremely exciting. A show tentatively titled Cinema Relics, Iconic Art of the Movies, was just announced as an anthology series that will take a unique look at beloved Disney films. Um, the movies specifically called out by the press include Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Mary Poppins, Tron, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, and the Muppet movie. The show will be looking at things like props and costumes, the craft people who created them, the actors who interacted with them, and the uh, collectors' archives who own and cherish them. The show will be hosted by film historian slash collector Dan Lanigan, who I have not heard of. Uh, so while this isn't an all-new Muppet production, it's still exciting to hear that we'll uh, be getting an episode of a docu-series all about the Muppet movie, just in time for the film's 40th anniversary. Uh, yes, also, I think that is pretty cool. Also, like, as far as the four classic, or, or the three original Muppet movies goes, um, I think we may have gotten something at some point for Manhattan, but how often do we get, like, behind-the-scenes stuff with them? 
Right. This is rare. I don't know where they're going to find the footage that they need for this, but we really haven't seen a lot of the back yeah. behind the scenes stuff for the most we've uh, seen is like that uh, the camera test that um, they did for right. the Muppet movie, which isn't even right. the movie itself. Exactly. So I, I'm curious. Like, do they just have footage sitting somewhere in the Disney and/or Henson archives that they haven't released because they haven't had an excuse to, and now here comes? Uh, this could be fun. This could be really fun. Oh, plot. Um, uh, sorta. I mean, <laughs> depends on your definition of plot. But yeah, I'm also looking forward to going behind the scenes with Mary Poppins and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and some of my other favorite movies. Um, it's just it's odd that I for a show to see called Mary Poppins. I have seen what? it before, but it I haven't seen it since like maybe sixth grade at the earliest or at the at the at the most recent. Okay, when you come to Washington D.C. to see the Sesame Street <laughs> Festival, you're gonna come over to my house and we are going to binge watch all the movies that you need to watch, starting with Mary Poppins. Man, that film is a masterpiece. I know. It is wonderful. I fully accept that it's a masterpiece. I just haven't seen it in so long, and I want to actually know what I'm talking about when I say that it's a masterpiece. Okay, I've, I've, I've got the Blu-ray. If you need to borrow it or something, I'll mail it to you if, if, if really? that'll work. Um, I mean, I can try. I don't know. Does that work? Can you just no, mail I mean, stuff like, like that without it getting damaged? I mean, that works. I'm just surprised you would do something like that for me. If... I, I would have to look into just what the shipping cost is, because if it's very high, then neither of us will be able to afford the way to you or the way back to me. Um, I mean, it, we're but, really yeah. just, like, maybe one or two states away from each other when you think about it, because I'm in Kentucky. I guess so. Right, and I'm in Maryland, so there you go. But I don't know, it feels like a long distance, so that probably would be a high shipping cost for there and back. My point is, if you want to borrow the movie, I'm sure I can find some way to let you see it, but just see it recently. Like, see, or I mean, see it soon so that you will have seen it recently the next time we talk about Mary Poppins, because I would love to go on a rant about that new Mary Poppins movie that they, they said was a Mary Poppins sequel. What I saw was a Mary Poppins remake. I don't know about you, but I saw a Mary I really Poppins remake. I wanted to see it specifically theater. because I want to support... 2D animation when it actually does come back, but I never did get around to seeing it. <laughs> it's the animation looks good. It's just not in the style of the animation from the original film. It's in a style that doesn't suit Mary Poppins as well. Um, it, it it's a style that would look really really great on a TV animated series, um, but in a Mary Poppins feature, it's a very especially in the context of what justifies the animation in the film in the story um, as much as there is a story. It's a strange style. Way too... I mean, I guess it is a 1960s style of animation. It's just not the style that they use in the original Mary Poppins film. Not that it has to be the same as the original Mary Poppins film, but, like, if it's trying that hard to be the original Mary Poppins film, I expect it to do it right. Like, if all it's trying to do is just repeat what you've already seen, at least do that job well. I mean, come on. Gosh, but, uh, man. I know, that was an... I still can't... I, th I think part of the issue with the animation is that um, even though Disney wanted to promote that it was them and were making this grand return to 2D animation, it actually wasn't them. They got a studio from Canada to do the animation and then did not give them any credit and just claimed it was their own animation. Ooh. Wrong. That is a bad thing to do. Um, but probably saved them money. That's why they did it. Um, but no, I think it's... Uh, I, I walked out of Mary Poppins Returns with the sense that I dodged a bullet. Um, that we had all dodged a bullet. 
because it wasn't good, but as a sequel to Mary Poppins, it should have been terrible, and it wasn't. It was just there. Like, the whole movie just kind of made me go, <sighs> I'll allow it, after every scene. And I, the only reason why I allowed it was because the performances by the two leads were so darn good. Um, but anyway, so that's that movie. Uh, turns out there are some other movies that you'll be able to stream, not not on, on Disney+, Plus, which I expect will probably have them up at movies on it at some point, I'm hoping, uh, but on Amazon Prime, actually. They now uh, have just put up a bunch of Henson things. Let's see. There, there, there's a list here on toughpigs.com uh, where they've put up The Song of the Sa- uh, Cloud Forest, Living with Dinosaurs, Lighthouse Island, and Monster Maker, all from the Jim Henson Hour. They've got Fraggle Rock, the animated series. Fizzgig! Um, yes. Uh, there, there come her wings again. Did you forget she had wings? She has wings. That's a thing. Look at how awful she looks after having her essence yep. drained. Well, Man. I mean, you get your essence drained, and I mean, you know, you didn't not no spring chicken. <laughs> uh. They also have the preschool series Pajanimals. And interestingly, the 1984 Fraggle Rock videos, like the, I believe these were VHS tapes, Fraggle Rock songs and Doozer music. Can I so say something that thing. might come across the wrong way, but I'm going to try not to? Be very careful, and then go for it. Wait, pause, hold that. This is the climax of the movie. Huh? This is the big moment. Ah! All right, he's got the shard. Look at, look, look, wow, look at how sad he looks. Look at all that expression in his face when he's just so heartbroken. Ah. Although, uh, here, this, this bit works when they just hold on the shot of her dying. That Spoilers. Um, that part works. But then there's no reaction shot from him after that. He just kind of has to focus because it's his time. And the three sons are forming a boob, so... Now he just <laughs> has to put the shard in the crystal now or Quick, never. Before the sensors get here. <laughs> exactly. Before the MPAA catches on to this metaphor. Oh, I love that part where after he, he throws it flying. in. Yeah, they just it's like someone Such just throws Muppet it the way shot. they throw Muppet penguins. <laughs> like you're half expecting the um <laughs> It's just they need a slide whistle in that moment when he just goes. <laughs> off the uh, crystal. Uh, it's supposed to be this epic scene, but they can't make it epic because the puppet doesn't have enough weight to it. Again, it's just... the original try not to laugh challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If they had just seriously put enough sand in there to make the thing so heavy that you believed it was a real thing getting flown off and that this, you know, had weight to it and that throw had a punch to it, oh, that's then they'd have something. But as it is, it's just a funny puppet throw. Um... Now, uh, Amazon Prime isn't going to have uh, Fraggle Rock, at least in the U.S., because oh, HBO, yeah. uh, interestingly, still say. has the streaming rights to that. Like, yeah. HBO's uh, just held onto the rights ever since it was an HBO show in the 80s, which I think is impressive, um, but also a little annoying. Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, is it weird, like, if I... As much as Fraggle Rock is probably my favorite show on Earth, and I absolutely love it, is it weird if I have no interest in any of like the the home video stuff like Fraggle songs? I just want the normal show. There's nothing weird about that. Uh, but I've actually never seen the uh, 
scenes that they shot specifically for the tapes. So I do want to see those, just out of curiosity, just those segments. But I'm not attached to the tapes. Um, I'd just be curious about seeing what is it like having Fraggles actually talking to the camera. Did you ever that's pick weird. up... Uh, were you, did you ever get uh, the complete series on Blu-ray? Uh, no, I still have it on DVD. I haven't picked up the Blu-ray set yet, but I obviously want to as soon as I can before it's out of print. If you ever get around to it, there's a very... The same friend who I introduced to Great Muppet Caper last night, uh, when I finally got Fraggle on Blu-ray, I went over to his house and watched it because he was a Blu-ray player, and um, we noticed something really odd <laughs> in the special features. So... Okay. They have this little catalog of, like, HBO ads from during the series run, and in one of them, in, like, the video... You can see, like, a non-YouTube, uh, like, play menu pop up right before the commercial starts as, like, part of the video. Oh, that's weird. So it's, like, the only version they could find of one or two commercials were, like, online, like, VHS rips. But they didn't even have the technology to just take the video offline and said they had to take the menu with it somehow oh, that is so odd and we we both just started laughing just out of complete like what in the world just happened remember it took the Henson company a long time to actually have an archivist okay from what That's I've heard for a while there it really was just Craig Shemin when he was an intern sticking things in nameless folders so and only he would know where things were. Like, that was really the whole plan, was just things in folders. And so I'm kind of amazed what we have anything know? from the Henson Company left over. Um, so anyway, here are the weird things that show up at the end of the movie. Why the, is um, the prophecy fulfilled? What, what happened? Oh, he healed the Dark Crystal. Oh. He did, and so now Jen, J- Jen healed the crystal, which meant that that zapped the uh, Skeksis and the Mystics back together again to form these creatures that they used to be, and now the crystal has healed the planet, and so now it's green again, and, and they there's have life a really again. bad green screen now. Yes, yes, exactly. That's yeah. That's that's see. That's why it's called the Dark Crystal because it has the dark evil power of making the shots look like crap all of a sudden. So, you know, there you go. Even Augur, did I, you see her up in the corner? Oh, her. she looks awful. Yeah, her matting is terrible. But then again, oh gosh. it's it's better matting than you get in... No, it isn't. I was going to say than in Labyrinth with the Fireys, no, but I mean, actually it, that works better. That's a tiny bit better than Fireys. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we've covered just about all the news that there is to talk about, believe it or not, uh, just because there really isn't a ton going on in uh, Muppet News right now, which is a shame. Yeah. It's mostly Sesame Street stuff. Which is uh, but good, fortunately, but, you know. Right. Fortunately, though, we do have uh, the fan community actually <laughs> trying to fill in the gaps and create some of their own things. Uh, you and Tough Pig, or really, it's through Tough Pigs, but I believe it was your idea again, started Muppetational May again. Is that right? Yeah, it's funny because I hadn't actually given it a single thought about doing it again, and then Joe messaged me... Uh, sometime earlier this week saying, hey, me and Ryan want to do Muppetation on May again. 
and we just kind of talked about some new questions we could do so it's not just doing the exact same we did last year and uh i helped to come up with a handful of those they, they'd actually come up with quite a few and i just kind of uh helped to refine it a little bit uh let me pull up the list uh while you're talking about that i'm just going to mention another uh, uh project that's uh, really cool it's it's not official it's not through the henson company or anything like that but on the defunct land youtube channel now yes. the series defunct tv is doing a whole documentary series on jim henson a multiple part thing uh, it is that just beautiful. Is, it's amazing it's beautifully done brilliantly done obviously so much time oh, and effort nice. and work has been put into this and it's yeah that's i believe that's the closing shot right there um uh, not, not to... I knew it was Kathy Mullen. I could tell by like the specific way that character moved. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, D- Defunct Land has has done an amazing job with this. There are still a few more that they have yet to do. It's going to be a six part thing. Um, and Bob yeah, I, I love I love. Is is that hmm? like Bob Payne, Sam and Friends, Bob Payne? That is Sam and Friends, Bob Payne, my friend. Oh my gosh, he stuck around. Yeah. He... Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. He like... stuck around for this, of all things. But yeah, he still actually would occasionally uh, pop in on the Muppet Show set and a few things like that. He 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 still hung around. He stayed friends with Jim. That's really cool. Um, I just I like I like that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like how in uh, the Defunct Land video on um, uh, Sesame, they didn't just stick to Sesame Street. It was much more interested in the effect of Sesame Street on everything else Jim was doing at the time. Which I think I was, makes for a far more interesting video for me because I already know enough about Sesame Street. Yeah, I, w- I was really confused because I was because I think you had actually brought this up and it was what made me confused was I was like, right, wait a minute, Sesame Street's not defunct. How's he going to talk mm-hmm. about this? And I like how he made the focus of it not like Sesame Street itself, but how that kind of had an effect on all the other stuff Jim tried to do, which then became defunct. Right. Exactly, which was beautiful. That was such a brilliant approach to it. So that's on there on YouTube to watch. Now, you you were just going to bring up the list for Muppetational May, right? Right. So um, some of the things I came up with, uh, one of the first ones I came up with was the final question, uh, what the Muppets mean to me. Um, Man, that's a big one. It is. That's why I saved it for last so that like people could have a lot of time to really stew on that because not everyone just really sits and thinks about that kind of stuff like me. Like, what is it that? Why do, am I so obsessed with these things? What what's behind it? Right. Um, they originally had just the best parody, and I broke it up into the best parody starring the classic Muppets and the best parody starring the Sesame Street Muppets. Um, right. Uh, again, well, I don't want to give. I don't want to give too much. Uh, away if is all of this out there like is the list yeah, online the, the for everyone to see? okay when they, when they posted about it on may 1st uh they had already um they posted the picture i'm looking at okay uh all right so that's so that means that all, all anybody has to do is go ahead and look at the list up on toughpigs.com and then just give a tweet giving your answers to these uh, questions with the hashtag muppetational may it can be a tweet or a facebook post or however you want to share it and then yep. you can take part in the conversation of celebrating your own muppet fandom mm-hmm that's a really cool thing. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad it's back. It's fun. It's 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 taking up more of my time than it should because I think too much about it. But it's something to do is is the main thing. Like <laughs> that's actually one of the not intentional things this does, but something I'm glad that I found that it does is that I feel like if Muppet fans don't have something to do or something to talk about, then we can just spend so much time basically turning into 
every other fandom where we just complain about what the companies are and aren't doing. And I feel like it's good for us to have something else to give our attention to so that we're not just becoming another bitter fandom. And one of the good things that Muppet fandom as a community has been good at since, really since the conception of the Muppet fan community as we know it now, the online Muppet fan community, it's always been when the Muppets themselves aren't making something that's fun enough, that's joyful enough, that's Muppety enough, when they're just not doing everything that we need from them, we take the mantle and we supply good content, we find fun things to do, we come together and make fun and interesting things happen. And I'm kind of proud of us for that. Even if it's not a public thing, like even... Right. um, Like, I have a group chat with a group of, like, young puppeteers and Muppet fans that I've known for a while through Facebook, through the online community. And it's not a public thing, but we'll just, like, every now and then go into the chat and come up with these really goofy bits about, like, either Jim and Frank or about Muppet characters or, like, what it was like to film, so on and so on, and just make these dumb little comedy routines based on, like, just, like, caricatures of those characters and of those people. But, like, it's something fun to do with the Muppets when we don't have anything else to give our attention to. Hey, Clayton. Yeah. Give your attention to what's on screen. ITC. That's, uh, isn't that Lou Lord? Yep. That means this is the copyright, which means it's the end of the credits, which means it's I the end it! of the movie. You did it. I yelled you... into your ear. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I actually just noticed on that copyright, it, it's, it doesn't just say copyright Henson Associates. It says copyright James M. Henson and Henson Associates. They credit Jim Henson as James M. Henson. How odd is that? But, more importantly, you did it! You I did it! I have a man now. I have hair. <laughs> yes, you now, have, <laughs> you now have chest hair, armpit hair, all of the hair there, is now yours. the episode title. I have hair now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have crossed the threshold. You have seen the Dark Crystal. Now, when we get to the Muppetational May question, your favorite Dark Crystal or Labyrinth character, you have so many more options to choose from. Well, no, I have, like, a certain for real answer now. It's none. <laughs> okay, really? No, what, what were your... Quickly, since this has been a long show, what were your thoughts on what you just watched? I mean, we've already said it like 5,000 times, but it's really nice to look at. It's just not the most engaging story. Um, but, you know, some of the characters are kind of fun. The music is good. Uh, some of the, the puppet designs really are really well cool. Yeah. I, I just very much get the sense that... <sighs> It's working against itself, because Jim is trying so hard to make it beautiful, and to do that, he gets all slow and makes everything very pretty, but that works against the film, because uh, there's a ticking clock in this. Can I, can I interrupt, interrupt you a second? Something something really funny just yeah. happened. Wait, hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Something really okay, funny if you, happened. Okay, if you can hear me, how many fingers am I holding behind my back? Uh, L. Man, you got me. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, something something funny happened. You said this film is really oh, 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 like it was starting to cut out right as you said this film is really slow. That was the goal. Um, uh, good good job bending uh, time and space like that. 
anyway, I do what I can. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is that when they have these all these shots where everything is really slow and pretty, like the camera's moving all slow and the music is all da 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 da. It's like that's nice. Um, your planet's about to die. Why isn't the whole thing just this fast-paced action music and all these quick cuts? Like really, like honestly. That's that's all that it really needs is that the, the movie needs to be shot as though it's a movie with a story, and then we would all notice the fact that it does have a story. Then it would start to work a little bit better. But as that's it is, what someone the movie- needs to do. Someone needs to make like uh, like with follow that bird and do a fake fan trailer where they recut <laughs> it as a thriller. In a world with way too much lore for us to get into right now. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I mean, I don't know. It, it raises the question of how they're going to handle the new series whenever that shows up on Netflix. Um, are they going to keep it slow, or are they going to make it, you know, action-packed, a little bit, get, make it more driven? As Just, far I need as, something that's driven. As far as characters go, um, in terms of actual character design, I really love the podlings, because, again, they have that really cute, fraggly look to them. Um, yeah, they're the cute potatoes. <laughs> That's actually true. Um, as far as an actual character goes, I really don't have much besides Skexis. Um, I enjoy Agra. I really do. I think part of it's because I was trying to talk about Legos and Mr. Rogers while Agra was on. But yeah, uh, but well, yeah. I mean, that just means you're going to have to watch the movie again sometime. Well, folks, this has been Muppet Fans Talking. I'm C.W. Roder. You can find me at cwroder-pixba.com. That's c-w-r-o-e-d-e-r-e-r-pixba.com. J.D., where can people find you? You can find me at my website, muppethub.com, a home of podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Um... And, uh, yeah, I, I actually don't know what to say now because you went and switched the order on me. So I don't know how this this is where I'm supposed to... Uh, uh, Clayton, where can people find you? Well, J.D., people can find me at cwroder-pixba.com. That's c-w-r-o-e-d-e-r-e-r-pixba.com. J.D., where can people find you? You can find me at MuppetHub.com. That's right, MuppetHub.com, where the Muppetational comes together. And you can email me at me, M-E, at MuppetHub.com. I haven't given my email in forever. Uh, you'll find us on Facebook. Uh, just go to MuppetHub.com slash Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JD11PC. Or uh, MuppetHub actually has its own Twitter now, at MuppetHub. Um, so, uh, Clayton, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook at The Art of C.W. Roder. That's C-W-R-O-E-D-E-R-E-R. And you can mainly find me at cwroder-pixba.com. JD, where can people find you? <sighs> at the end of this show, okay? We're here. We're at the end. It's done. I feel like I just tricked myself into watching The Dark Crystal all the way through again. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? <sighs> It's actually not bad when you don't have to pay attention to it. Uh, like it no, really, there's, there's a lot to like about it. There's a lot to like about it, but... Um, <sighs> that brings us to the end of another one, folks. I'm J.D. Hansel, and I'm basically a potato. Woo! We've never done anything like that before. That was a neat way to do a podcast, and the audience is going to be so confused when we bounce around from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Well, this show jumps around from place to place. You'll get used to it. Right. Now, now imagine people trying to keep up with us jumping between 
The Muppet Christmas Carol Storybook, The Dark Crystal, and Mr. Rogers. And The Dark Crystal.